Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly dose of Star Wars goodness, brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. Now, I hope you're doing very, very well during these weird lockdown times. If you are in the UK, if you're in the US, wherever you are in the world, hope you're doing very, very well. We're here to give you that weekly dose of Star Wars fun and just a little bit of respite from whatever else is going on in these tumultuous times. Now, today we are going to break things up a little bit. We're actually going to break protocol. We're actually going to fly in a different direction for, well, however long we decide to fly for. We're actually going to dig into something quite interesting today. What we would like to see as either our next dream Star Wars movie, our next dream Star Wars on-screen project, whether that's a trilogy, whether that's a mixed project, whether it is just one standalone movie. And we're going to dig deep into that. And before I bring my esteemed co-host on, I'm just going to give you a quick reminder that, of course, you can become a part of the Spark Rebellion family as well. You can, of course, become part of that rebellion over on Patreon, where you get access to behind-the-scenes content. You get access to the famous. I'm going to say it's famous. It is pretty famous. It's uh, it's famous in, uh, in in 16 planets. It's the Spark of Rebellion laptop sticker. Why would you not want that? Not only exclusive to laptops, you can stick it on cups, you can stick it on your face in a weird wackadee throwback if you are of that ilk and you can get one of those plus a pile of other swag over on patreon for as little as a book so go and check that out patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion and on all the socials hit us up just search for spark of rebellion we'll have a little bit of bants over there we'll talk about your dream project what would you like to see on the big screen or the small screen from the star wars universe and again just search spark of rebellion on any social platform that you so wish and we will be there to chat and shoot the breeze with you now i'm your host mark asquith and with me is the wildest wookie in the galaxy the man that makes lockdown beard and lockdown hair look like a style choice it is of course my main man gary Ellett. how you doing dude <laughs> yay hello dude i'm all good a style <laughs> choice crikey i'm looking a bit disheveled and a bit caveman at the minute so i'm gonna have to whip out the old clippers i think and do a, a diy job which could go i could end up looking horrifically bad like Chewie in the Jedi Fallen Order games, or I could end up looking like you know a bit of uh, a bit of Kylo Ren when he sorted himself out. Take your pick. <laughs> well, make sure you take a pick. Make sure you get that on Sparky Rebellion <laughs> Instagram because I want to see if that goes wrong. If you do start to look a little bit like Chewie in uh, the Fallen Order games, I want to see that. I want to see the matted hair. I want to see the. Uh, I want to see the mud. I want to see the anger. I want to see that just all coming through those glasses of yours, all because you got the clippers wrong. <laughs> It'll happen. Now you said that. That's exactly what's going to happen. It'll be one. There are yeah, a few times. That anyone that's got a, anyone that's got a beard out there will know exactly what I'm saying. Where. Sometimes you whip the uh, the beard trimmer out, the clippers, whatever, and you're being quite careful. And then all of a sudden, you have that little slip moment. It's like, 
like, oh dear, I've just taken a huge chunk out. Now I'm going to have to shave it all down and start again. So that's likely to happen on my head and my face. So yeah, probably won't end up looking like Chewy. I'll end up looking like Lobot, you know, uh, Lando's assistant on a, a Bespin, the shiny head, the big headphones on. That's what I'll look like at the next podcast. Just a shiny. I quite pulse. like that. <laughs> I'm quite up for that, mate. Yeah, we'll call you Gazbot. That'll be all right. Or Low Gaz, whichever whichever you want. You can you can choose on that one. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Lobot, speaking of Lando, speaking of Star Wars, you done anything Star Wars this week, dude? I have done a few bits. Yeah, I fired up. Actually, talking of Fallen Order, I fired that up because I still haven't hundred percented that game. So I'm after the old hundred uh, percent, and it's really freaking annoying on a few on a few levels. So you go through each. You go to each world, don't you, whether it's Dathomir or Ilum, whatever it is. And then the way they've done the map is actually quite cool as you're going through the story, like that kind of um, sort of 3D blueprint that is you know, reminiscent of all that sort of Star Wars tech. But when you've gone back afterwards and you need to go back through each level and complete it, it's really annoying because you get to the end of a segment in that level and it will say 98% complete. And you're like, well, what the frick have I missed? I've literally looked, I've gone down every path, I've gone down everything. So that's frustrated the heck out of me. So I did that for about two hours and canned that off. Uh, played a bit of Battlefront 2, as always. Haven't played that too much over the last couple of months, but I have dipped in each week a little bit. But I've also continued the Rebels rewatch. So like you and I talked about a few episodes ago, where are we going to kick straight off with Series 7? Or are we going to go back and rewatch a bunch of stuff? So I've gone back and, because I started that anyway a few months before, uh, Disney Plus launched. So I've gone back, picked that up. So I think I'm through sort of seasons three-ish now, going through the chrono order and looking forward to getting to season seven. So yeah, a few Star Warsy bits, dude. What about you? Wow, dude, you're blitzing the Clone Wars there. So you're on season three. I'm, uh, I'm, I started it last week and I'm literally on the movie. I've barely watched anything this week. So I'm, I've like, I watched episode 216, episode 116, and then the movie I'm halfway through. So I'm uh, I'm a bit behind on that one. But isn't it, even just with those three episodes in, isn't it far better, and you'll have a, a better handle on this, been three seasons in, isn't it far better watching it in story order than like release order? I'm assuming that's what you're doing. Or are you going like episode one through to episode X? Are you, are you watching it in story order or release order? Uh, I'm watching it in story order and cool. yeah it is an interesting way of doing it and to be honest with you for the first couple of seasons it's not that different really it's only at the beginning of season one where you've got a few from uh, a couple from season four i think one from season three then the movie and then you basically do most of season one as is uh, and it's not until you get halfway through season two i think that's when you start to sort of bring in three or four episodes from another one then you go back to two and so on so it's not it's not wildly different don't get me wrong if you were watching this and you didn't have a streaming service you wouldn't be up off the sofa changing discs every other episode it's not that bad but um yeah it's kind of interesting and it's a in my opinion i share your your opinion as well it's a better way of doing it because you do feel like you're you're moving along with the characters rather than just hold on a minute <laughs> you know the last episode i'm pretty sure that these two weren't in that zone, if you like, like they were bickering in the last episode. Now they're the best friends. And so you get to move along with the characters, which is cool. So, but remember, dude, I started my rewatch a couple of months before Disney plus landed. So that's why I'm ahead a little bit. Fair play, dude. Fair play. Well, listen, speaking of TVs and streaming services and 
really just everything on screen Star Wars. We know we've got this whole High Republic scenario coming, but we also know that that is largely in the books. You know, we got a release, which I know we'll talk about in the news next week. We got a release yesterday from StarWars.com, which was insight into a lot of the new Jedi that we're going to start to see. In particular, I think there was about five of them, ranging from um, highly revered masters right down to kind of um, some of the, the the much younger knights. There was a knight in there that was only 16 years old, which was very, very interesting, as opposed to being a Padawan. Um, and that we just got this range of things coming out, which I know we'll talk about in the news next week. But it got us thinking. We've been talking about doing this kind of show or this segment for a while. What would we like to see next on the screen? What would we like to see from Star Wars next? We know we've got this High Republic stuff going on. We just wrapped up the Skywalker saga, which, you know, is whether you love it or whether you hate it, you know, the, the, the sequel trilogy exists. It's done its job. It's finished with. Um, the prequels continue to get a hell of a lot of love. You know, they've had a bit of renaissance over the last few years because um, for whatever reason, people disenchanted with the current franchises or whether they are just hitting nostalgia because now the people that were two or three years old are becoming 20, 21 years old. And, you know, they're becoming a, a little bit more savvy when it comes to what they what they enjoy. Uh, pulling the nostalgia string. You and I, you know, we were, what, 16, 17, 18 in, in 1999 when Phantom Menace came out. We're starting to see them in a different light. So certainly... The prequels are getting a bit of renaissance. But not only that, of course, the original trilogy, you know, even though that entire story has been wrapped up, you know, life is continuing to be breathed into the original trilogy. I, I watched A New Hope on Disney Plus the other day, and I've got to say, dude, I was absolutely blown away by it. The 4K HDR version, the blacks, the contrast, the... Every, I mean, the HDR itself, outside of 4K, the HDR itself is just a world apart from the previous Blu-ray release. And then when you add the 4K to it, dude, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think A New Hope has ever looked as good as it looks on Disney Plus right now. It looks pretty, like it was, some scenes look like they were filmed yesterday. I know some of the other footage, it was a bit ropey back then. It's uh, it's a bit grainy and stuff, which is quite cut part of the charm anyway, you know, you wouldn't want to get rid of that, but there's a few scenes where with the combination of the 4K and HDR, they just look so crisp and just the fidelity of the image is beautiful. So I'm totally with you, man. When I watched it, that was the first thing I watched when Disney plus landed and, uh, I too was blown away. I thought the Blu-rays, even though they'd absolutely screwed all of the color values and the saturation, all that stuff, it's some of it looks terrible. They've actually done a decent job with this one. And somebody said the other day, it's like, well, now that we've quadruple dipped at least with some of these, going back to like the old VHS or DVDs, whatever, somebody said, but in a few years' time, we're going to have the AI sharpened and upscaled versions as well. So in about four or five years' time, we'll have like the eight or 12K versions that have been AI upscaled and everything. So it's potentially the best it's ever looked. So yeah, realistically, it is. It does look brilliant. Yeah. It looks stunning, doesn't it? The detail. I said the same to Sam. I was like, D this looks like certain certain scenes that don't include any CGI, that don't include... Like the one that I noticed was um, the one where R2 has been taken in with the Jawas and the Jawas have taken um, R2 and 3PO. And there's a shot of R2 where it's very, very dark background. And the detail... You know, the blue pops, the edges pop, um, the silver pops, the contrast against the blue, but also the black background. And I thought to myself, that quite literally could have been a model that they'd done. And they just you filmed it at scale today in 4K. It looks that good. It's, yeah. it's outstanding. 
Really, really solid. So, look, I mean, everything's done with, all right? We're entering this new era, uh, the High Republic, which, you know, is, 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 we know, books and comics to start with. But let's get into this, what's next for the movies. You know, there was supposed to be an announcement about a new movie over the last couple of months. That didn't come. There was there was supposed to be something in January coming, apparently. And we, January 31st passed, we never got that announcement and we talked about that when it you know when that time did come and when it passed without without anything but where does this go like where does where does disney take this where does disney make number 1 the fans happy and number 2 the most money is the high republic let's get into this is the high republic the right place in your mind for for the next movie is that is that a place that is that people would care about i think I think the, the, the place and the time is irrelevant, in my opinion. I'll just go out, I'll, I'll throw that out there controversially, but I think it, it, it really doesn't matter what time period where you set this from, right? So the thing that made the original trilogy so good was it had nothing to do, actually, that's not the wrong words, it had very little to do with the visual effects, very little to do with science fiction and spaceships and all that stuff. What made them so good was the characters, the way that George Lucas had created and written the characters. They could have been set anywhere. So it doesn't matter. So in terms of is the high Republic going to work because of when it's set, um, it doesn't matter. It all depends on the, the talent and the creativity and the characters. If you can nail that, if you can get that bit, if you can get the public to buy into at least a couple of those characters, then you're, you're home and, you know, you've got your Oscars in the bag, basically. So it's um, the High Republic. I think it sounds really interesting. I think it could potentially be just as big as what we've seen so far with the Skywalker stuff. We just need to have that cool, uh, just good old fashioned storytelling, uh, which George Lucas did back in the day. Anyone that's seen any of those old documentaries and stuff, and heard interviews with him where even before he put pen to paper about specifics, he just went off and researched like mythology and uh, how characters interact with each other and good, just good old fashioned how you tell a good story. So if you can get that, if you can put a chunk of time into that bit up front and really nail all of that, you can pretty much set it wherever you want. If you've got your characters nailed and you've got an emotional attachment and you can buy into them, then that will work, dude. So with the High Republic, if that if they come up with a few characters like that, then you're you're golden. And they've kind of done that with the Mandalorian, but they've taken a slightly different spin, haven't they? So with the Mandalorian, you've got that central character, but the way that they've connected you to him is the mystery behind it. They haven't given you like all of his emotions up front and all of his backstory and pain and all that stuff like we had with Luke, because we had all of that up front. We knew that he was the 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 troubled sort of farm boy that had cabin fever that was destined for bigger things. And we got into that. The Mandalorian, it's very different. We don't really know too much and he doesn't take his helmet off and all that jazz. So if they can kind of come up with that sort of thing with the High Republic, if they can create a central character or characters where you're bought into something and there's high stakes there, there's something that you're rooting for or there's something that you're or if there's a bad guy, you know, on the flip of the coin, if they create a really good bad guy, because well, that was the cool thing about, again, the OT, was that you had these great characters, but you also had like a brilliant villain. You had a 
wicked uh, uh, baddie. Before we got to the Emperor, we had Vader, who was such a great bad guy. So that's my take on the High Republic. If they can not do a carbon copy of that, but if they can just create that same theme and those same great characters, then it could be it could be awesome. What about you, mate? Yeah, I would agree that the timing, uh, the timing of where wherever the next movie or the next trilogy or the next saga is set, I think is like you said. I think it's irrelevant. Um, but I think the High Republic era for me is actually quite an interesting one because it gives you, I think, it gives you a number of things that um, act as a safety net, but also act as a as as fertile, fresh ground without any risk. So what I mean by that is that it's it's far enough back, the 200 to 400 years back from Phantom Menace gives you the ability to see things that we already know, like things like Coruscant. We're all right with that. It's a city. It's a planet that's a city. Right, that's that done. We get that. It's familiar enough. So that if there's three or four scenes to start a couple of the new movies with, it makes us naturally feel at home. But it's a different time period. The stories are different. Um... So I think that's quite an interesting way of doing it. And I also think that they've done something quite um, clever in making sure that actually a lot of the characters can still have some influence. Yoda, of course, being the biggest one. And, you know, use the Mandalorian uh, as a great example, and I fully agree with you on that. They, they gave us this Western. They did what Jon Favreau does best, and they wove a story around characters, um, and they slowly fed us the little bits that we needed without us even realising what we needed and when we needed it. Um so the the fun thing with that, in my view, was that um, you, you stick a Mandalorian on the poster. My mum thinks that's that guy from Star Wars. So I'm probably going to watch it because it comes with this new Disney Plus thing that the kids wanted because it's got story, Toy Story on it, and that seems to be for the adults. So you've kind of already got this marketable angle, and then, holy crap, Baby Yoda comes along. And is that is that Yoda? Like, it is, probably. And we know it's... You know, whether it's a clone, whether it's Yoda brought back, whether it's completely different, um, I don't want to say a person, a completely different one. <laughs> what would that be? A completely a completely different it's tricky, individual? Different, yeah, different thing. Yeah, completely different individual thing that isn't Yoda. It's another one of the species. Um, that's all right, because we spent the first season relating to Yoda. And we've we've built enough affinity and this alignment and this 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 affection around something that we already knew about. And I think that's maybe one of the challenging prospects with anything that comes next is that, you know, it's Disney. If they do test screenings, if they do marketing campaign tests and they feel that the numbers aren't tracking right, what have you got? You've got the background to be able to reshoot and stick a Yoda scene in and you then throw out a trailer with Yoda in it, and suddenly guys like you and me are like, oh, we're going to get more Yoda. We should do this. But also, then we get the ability to say, well, look, this is only 200 years. At Phantom Menace, Dooku was 70. That's only 110 years. Actually, we could probably get two lines of Jedi, you know, Master Padawan, Master Padawan. We're only two generations of Jedi away from Phantom Menace. So there's... I feel like they've strategically chosen it so that they can show the Jedi at their peak. But if it goes pear-shaped, if it goes pear-shaped, we can start to say, and back to the bad guy thing, we can start to say, right, you know the Emperor, that that guy, yeah? All that stuff that he did in all those nine movies, it started here with this guy, Plagueis, or Reven, or Bane, or whoever. And, and and I just, I think it's an interesting way to do it in that the, it's Disney. It doesn't, 
because 1977 was different, you know, it, if you look at the trailers for the original Star Wars, it was very much into sci-fi. It's da, 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 but you're right, it was characters. And we only we only got the characterizations after we were hooked by the trailers showing the Millennium Falcon coming out of hyperspace. Like, we only... That got our asses on the seats. The Millennium Falcon, the giant bear, the princess, the farm boy, the fucking laser sword. You know, that got us there to the cinema. And then when we'd seen the film, we're like, actually, none of that really matters. This doesn't matter if Han Solo was riding a horse because the characters are great. So I, I feel like the world's maybe changed a little bit and that's maybe why they've towed this line um, of it being like a 200-year gap because it gives them enough to get bums on seats if the marketing... If any marketing they do starts to fail, all they do, like I said, they recut and throw a scene in the in the um, in the Jedi Temple. It's got Yoda there. That's it. That's all they need to do to make people see this is Star Wars. So I feel like that's quite a strategic play. But I, I do think you're right in that once you have people watching this, it could be set anywhere as long as the characters are there. But I think it comes with that challenge of it's a Star Wars thing, and then. Then to show a two-minute trailer of people that we don't know. The only thing that really did that for me was Rogue One. And they even had those problems with Gareth Edwards and the recuts and the trailer's been redone. And and it, it felt like they got it closer to A New Hope, like the insides of the Star Destroyers and the, the, the Tantive Four and the helmets and the mustaches. And it was all very Star Wars when we saw the trailer in the end. And the Death Star, and the, you know, so I think that's the challenge. Not not necessarily what the movie does. It's that first bit, like it says Star Wars on it, but I don't know any of these things that I'm seeing in this two minutes. You and me will be like, "Ooh, let's unpick this." But my mum will be like, "Do you know what? Eighteen quid at the cinema for that? I just wait till it comes on Disney Plus." So there's, I feel like that's <laughs> the challenge: getting the asses on seats. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, and that's one of the bigger challenges that they didn't foresee coming. I don't think when we, when Disney first bought Lucasfilm, I think they were under the impression that because they announced that they were going to do a, a slew of films, like one every year, every other year it was going to be a spin off and all that stuff. And I think that they, they assumed that there was a huge safety net under the name and brand of star Wars. It's like, we're going to make all these films, do all these things. We don't really need to push the market in too much because it's star Wars. It's got a Star Wars badge on it. The cinemas are going to sell out. They're all billion-dollar films, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's it's absolutely right. If, if it's a case um, if it's a case of uh, the the um, the marketing is, like you said, if it's strong enough that it kind of feels Star Wars-y and it gives you some kind of familiarity with what we've seen already in the Star Wars universe, then then it will be a case of, okay, let's fill the cinemas. But then you end up crashing like you did with, uh, was it, I don't, well, was it a crash with Solo? Certainly wasn't with Rogue One. Rogue One was relatively strong. But with Solo, that we went down that road, didn't we? Where it was like, yep, this is the character you all know and love. It's got the Star Wars badge on it. It's going to be a hit. And then it ended up, you know, flopping to a degree. And then the same with The Last Jedi. And we go, go down that road. So absolutely. In terms of coming up with something that feels familiar and feels like okay some people might be thinking i wasn't too blown away with the rise of skywalker and that stuff but you know let, let's give these new guys a chance let's go and, and, and check this out but there's only so many times you can do that so i feel like there's a lot of riding on the, the high republic stuff if they don't nail that if they don't get this right 
then that's going to be another wave of pe- another wave of people that are like, uh, I wasn't blown away with the sequel trilogy. This stuff's not really doing it for me. You know, I'm potentially done with Star Wars. Sort of thing. I'm not fussed. Like you said about your your mum. It's like I'll just catch it when it comes on Disney Plus or catch it when it comes on whatever. Which is okay for Disney well, to a, risk, a degree. That's the, yeah, it's a huge risk. It's okay for that for them to do that to a degree. But if you've not got the revenue coming in from the box office, that's a huge indicator that something's wrong. So So in terms of High Republic stuff, I feel like is Dave Filoni involved in this in the movie side of things? I can't remember if he is. But well, do you know what? I don't know if we've, and this is only, and we're only speculating here. We're assuming that the High Republic will be the next round of movies. We know we've got the Ryan Johnson potential trilogy, whatever was the uh, later Caligridis trilogy, um, which I think was uh, the the same trilogy as Benioff and Vice before they bailed. Uh, you know, I think she was right in that one. So we're assuming it's High Republic, but everything sounds like it was. Um, but Let's let's kind of switch gears on that one. So let's let's assume okay, High Republic is what it is. Let's assume that um, that's just that's one trilogy. Okay, we know the risks. We know where it sets two hundred years ago. We'll probably see some Sithy stuff as well, like the rise of the Sith, and we'll start to see some of that. You know, I I, I fail to see where um, a big badass villain will not play a part, and I'd be very surprised if it didn't have some dark side tendencies. Um, whether it's a Sith or not, who knows. But let's switch gears a little bit. What what would you like to see out of the whole Star Wars range of things that run the entire gamut, whether it is a tiny notion of something that we've maybe got an inclination of before, something that, you know, that we know exists and we, we, we would love to dig deeper into, or maybe even a concept that, do you know what? I've seen this work in a, another franchise. Wouldn't it be great to put a Star Wars spin on it? Just as wide as you you want to go with this, like what would your dream project be? What would the next thing that you'd like to see be? I would like to see, I thought about this a little bit over the last week or so, and I think I would like to see uh, a multi-generational or a multi-timeline story. And I think, setting this so that if we go along the high republic road just for a second i'll be i would love to see like you said the jedi at its peak and stuff um but what i would love to see is going back even further so one of the things that is very cool about the the ot is the mystery around the force and i think they dived into that a little bit too much in the sequel trilogy they kind of try to explain it and do too much with it instead of keeping it like this mystical force that, you know, requires, you know, uh, almost like that Buddhist nature where you have to study it your entire life to even get a, a brief understanding of it. I'd love to see them rewind time right back to the beginning of whenever that is, where the very first people started to to tap into the force. So the very, very first, the birth of the Jedi, the early Jedi, if you like. And I'd love to see that. So back, I don't know how, no idea when that is, whether that's a million years ago, you know, 5,000 years ago, I don't know. But the very first time where people started to realize that there was this mystical energy and it had been like this viewed as witchcraft before that or a curse or something. And then people started to actually use it and force sensitive people and stuff. And then we bounced back to like, I say modern day, like when it's set, whether that's High Republic or whatever. And then we see how that's used from a generational point of view. And then we go back to like the origins and we see that actually there's a split happening here. There's like this energy that 
sort of splits off into dark and light. And then we have like the birth of the Sith and like how those guys um, started to use the force. And then that sort of culminates in, you know, so my dream project would really be, yes, let's set something where we do have all the cool tech and the lightsabers and all those guys running around. But I'd love to see more of an origin thing that goes back, still keeps the force mysterious, but people's experience with the very first origins of using it. Dude, I love that idea. And it, it kind of ties into, <clears throat> excuse me, where I'd go with that as well. Because I was, um, what you just said there reminds me of like The Godfather too. You know, where you've got you've got Don Corleone doing his thing in the streets of New York in, in whatever, 18 something or 1920 something, whatever it is, 1930 something. And then you've got, uh, you've got Michael Corleone doing his thing uh, much later on. And I agree that would be fascinating to be able to see actually the, the, the origins of this thing. And it's almost... There's so many ways you could cut that. You could take that, like you said, everyone's everyone's a hero because they've realised they can, you know, you can almost imagine that Superman moment, that whole, you've got me, who's got you, like, he saves the, the helicopter. And it's actually, it's someone used the force for the first time, it's become a thing. Like, that in itself is quite a badass story to be able to tell. And then, like you said, the generational aspect is great. But I also love the idea. Like, I was always fascinated by the whole Reaven character and whether it's him or not, but tying something into what you've just said around sort of a Michael Corleone character who does his very best to escape the nature that he's got and the nurture that he's had and and, and, and strives to be better and strives to be almost like a, even like a... Um, a um, Carlito's way style approach. I don't, I don't know why Al Pacino keeps coming up, but, you know, that kind of character where my nature tells me that I have to do things in the way that I know I shouldn't do them. So I'm, I'm naturally drawn to this darkness, but I, like I'm flip up a little bit Kylo Rennie, but much more long-term, you know, much more dooku where it's, you know, holy, like this guy's been good for 30 years. Even... Even Anakin plus plus plus, where it's like, okay, this guy was a Jedi for like fifteen years and then he just switched. But I'm talking a real strong generational thing where suddenly they they rise um, and they're battling this this kind of internal grief. But like you said, it's told through the eyes of the generational story. Um, so, and and I think there could be some real strong parallels with like I said, Anakin and Dooku, to give, kind of to give that familiarity to the Star Wars fans that are a bit more casual and aren't really interested in learning anymore about the history of the universe there. But for guys like you and me, you, you kind of, you get the, the, the tick in the box for um, digging deep in the, into the mythology side of things. So I feel like with something with that, there could be a really strong story threaded. Um, and I think that's sort of a cross-media thing as well. I think there's something very, very strong with that where you you can then do what they're doing now with the Skywalker stuff and start to explore different generations of um, not necessarily the same lineage, because I think that's been done so much with the Skywalkers, but where you start to explore things like um, the knock-on effect, you know, so this thing happened in a movie down here, what happens 30 years later? Like there's an entire faction of Sith that have been created because this guy decided to go one way in a battle. Um, and like that would be very, very interesting. And also even... You could tie in a heck of a lot of stuff with this, which which would be um, sort of on the coattails of some of the Clone Wars stuff on it and Island, where you know how how the heck did the Jedi realize that Kyber crystals would do that if you put them into a laser sword? Like, how did they figure that out? You know <laughs> what what was the origin story of these other things that we see? You know why do they wear the robes and not 
other things. Why do they believe, where do these beliefs come from? Where do these Jedi texts come from? Why do they believe emotion's a bad thing? Because, like you said, pre-Force Discovery, no one probably thought that. They were just cracking on as normal. They were having their kids, they were having their families, and life was just as it was. So I think, yeah, I think that's very fertile ground, and it's, it's sort of far enough removed from Skywalkers that it could be completely fresh, but it's close enough where you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I did know that if you do the thing with the lightsaber, you get a lightsaber. You know, you put a crystal in it, you get, I, I kind of remember that from Empire mm-hmm. or from wherever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really like that idea, dude. And I, and I think we need more of a, um, even though we got it with Anakin to a degree, I think we need more personally of a, a, a more extreme sort of Michael Corleone kind of character, which is extreme good for like a thousand years and then extreme bad but with real strong connections to that character so that you can... Because that's what they tried to do with Kylo and they failed to a degree. And it's what they tried to do with Anakin but never were able to flesh it out except for the Clone Wars, which is supplementary material. Um, And I think it goes right back to what you said about characterizations. Like, if you can really write a character and take your time with it, it's very similar to kind of a, a Nolan, Christopher Nolan style film or a trilogy where... Nolan will spend that much time developing uh, Batman that by the end of the third movie, Batman's sort of a supporting character, but he's fine because we know that that's Batman and he's been that well-developed. So just give it time to breathe rather than doing what they did in Rise of Skywalker, which was just throw everything in. Um, So I think, yeah, Yeah. I think that would be huge, man. That whole origin story of the Force and a a generational... um, you know, it's the whole Cain and Abel thing, isn't it? You can see that coming a mile off if if someone sits down to write this. It's the whole Cain and Abel. The first two Jedi end up going two yes. separate ways. And yeah. as, as obvious as that is, that would be a sweet story. I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, there has to be some point of origin somewhere, doesn't there? There has to be a split somewhere. And that'd be cool to explore. And then a couple of honourable mentions for me, not for films, but for upcoming Disney Plus projects, just a couple that really are really cool, is some kind of stormtrooper story where there was a, a video game years ago i can't remember what it was called it's like an rts game but you played the character of a stormtrooper that was recruited in and you were doing stuff o- almost a bit like a finn story but not so not not a clone or anything like that but you were literally just a young lad and you were growing up almost a parallel to luke but something happened in your journey and instead of going off uh, in your destiny for like good you ended up becoming an, an imperial stormtrooper and you get rising up through the ranks and you experience all that stuff. So that'd be cool. And then the other thing would be uh, a, a bit of a, uh, not so much a Mandalorian or a bounty hunter thing, but uh, another baddie, but it's not a Sith. Because I find that with Star Wars, you, when you explore characters with the light side or the goodies, it's always, there's a, a, a big chunk of characters there that you can explore. But with the dark side, you only have these like a couple of key characters like Kylo, Palpatine, Vader. And you have a couple of little people that pop up that are quite cool, like uh, um, like Tarkin or a few people. But the breadth of characters there is not as large. So I'd love to see like a, a, a baddie, not necessarily a Sith, but a baddie focused around him. So for Disney Plus stuff, they could they could really do some some cool stuff there. There could be some really cool limited series there, dude. I, I hear you totally on that one. I, and I'd, in, in parallel to that Stormtrooper story, personally, I'd love to see sort of a um, a story 
a story around the transition from Republic to Empire. So people like Tarkin, but I mean, he's an obvious one and, and he's, you know, he's a bit of a twat. But if you think someone that's <laughs> maybe less of a goon, so someone like Yularen, um, who had fought with the Jedi, you know, if you look at the Clone Wars, Battle of Christophsis, you know, is it General Yularen, Major, but whatever his rank is, Yularen, he becomes the guy on the Death Star in A New Hope, like the white-haired guy with a moustache. Yeah, yeah. He's that guy. And he's blatantly working for the Empire on this giant Death Star machine that is going to kill a planet. But he didn't start like that. Like, he started fighting the good fight alongside the Jedi. And I, I'm always fascinated by um, that story. You know, what, what happened when the Emperor went, now we're the Empire, now I'm the boss, and it's, taken me, it's going to take me 19 years to finally dissolve the Republic that you'll see in A New Home. But what about all these guys that were fighting the good fight? And I, that that um, moral ambiguity, I think, is is ripe for 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 exploration. And the, the, maybe that could be something that could even easily be tied with a stormtrooper story. You know, you've got a stormtrooper that is wanting to fight the good fight, but you know he sees he sees um, the propaganda from the Empire as being the truth. Yeah, and the rebels are scum, and the Jedi did the bad things. Whereas you've got someone like Yularen, who we know is high up in the Empire, but he knows that Anakin Skywalker wasn't a bad guy because he fought with him. And there would there would be a very interesting limited series there. It only needs to be like a six eight episode series, a one off drop, something like a Life on Mars style. You know, one hour episodes, two characters, ones like this, ones like this, that could be really interesting. It doesn't. Like you said, it doesn't need to be a Star Warsy thing. It can be a character thing. It can be a here's a situation. I've I used to earn my money doing this. Now, some guy that I've never really met that's a politician has said that now we've got to kill these people if they don't say that if they don't if they don't do what we say. How do I deal with that? You know, so there's that would be huge. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. That'd be so sweet, dude. And I like the idea of the limited run series as well. Because that's the thing with Star Wars. It doesn't have to be this massive interconnected thing all the time. You can do these like one-off shots, almost treat it like a limited comic book run where you just focus on a, you know, a character or a bunch of characters and just run that story there. And then that's also a really good sort of dipping your toe in the water because if people go nuts for it, it's like, okay, cool. We might do a second series. You might like The Office, you know, you might, okay, people liked it, we'll do a second series, but we're definitely not doing any more and just leave people wanting more. And and then you have that whole, in 10 years' time, oh, let's bring back that, back that character. Do you remember? We only had like two seasons of him like 10 years ago, but he was the shit. So we need to see him again. So just build that anticipation to begin with, nail it, and then build that, oh, we want to bring that character back. A bit like everyone went nuts for, for Han and Chewie coming back in the sequel trilogy. That was one of the things that people went crazy about. So it's all the characters, dude. All about the characters, for sure. It is, man. And I think it just goes to show that even though the Skywalker saga is the very thing that, that was the backbone of, of, of Star Wars for such a long time, now that's done. The universe that's been created, you know, it, it it's created around individuals. You, you know, the Emperor fighting his fight, Vader fighting his fight, Luke doing his thing, Lando, Leia, Han, Chewie. They've all got histories. And I think with enough time and enough enough talent, the you know, the, these, these other characters can flourish and they don't need to be tied to anything that we've seen in the past. But they've got to be... They've got to be interesting stories. And just to kind of cap this off, I don't, I think the risk for Star Wars is people thinking at Disney, this is Star Wars, we can do whatever we want. If it was 
me running this, which I have no talent for this whatsoever, but, you know, assume I do, what I would be looking at is, let's just not even tell the writers this is a Star Wars thing. We want a story about this kind of thing. Or we want to hit this kind of demographic, and these are some of the pillars of the story that we want to try and hit. And then later, when you've written this badass tale, let's then tell them that it's Star Wars. And let's then look at how we can fit this into the Star Wars universe so that you get the good stuff first. It's not, ooh, we could put the ice cream maker in. Like, no, 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 forget that. Focus on the story, dudes. You know, get that right. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Who knows what we'll see, man? Who knows what we'll see? It's uh, it's going to be an interesting time the next 10 years for Star Wars because, let's be honest, Disney have only just bought this thing. You know, they've not even, honestly, they've not even got started, have they? Let's be fair. No, this is just the beginning of their their journey into additional storytelling, I suppose. So yeah, we're in for a good ride though. Next 10 years, hopefully, hopefully it will all be, most of it will be good. It's no, it's pretty realistic. Not all of it's going to be amazing, but hopefully most of it will be good. This is where the fun begins. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I never realized that Han Solo says that in a new hope. You never, okay. Yeah. It's one. never realized it. I thought it was just Anakin. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, well, that's why you need to watch A New Hope a bit more. I know, mate. I need to watch it every week. I need to watch it every week. There's lo- so many things <laughs> that you that you know happen and that you you remember the seeing them, but you never... Like, for me, I never connected them to, like, the things, the little nods that they did in the prequels, like that line. I was like, wait a sec. I just never put the dots together on it. It's, uh, yeah, what a doom. Some fan I am. Anyway, this has been fun, dude. We've uh, we've departed from our usual format, um, just to kind of shoot the breeze on this. And it's I think it's because we've we've just not done the review and discussion section for a while because we've it's just been inundated with news. So we will get back to some news next week for you, the ever-present listener. But uh, even though there's been a little bit of news, there's not been a lot of news this week. There's been you know there's, there has been news, but nothing that we can't put off until next week. Um, so thanks for letting us. I guess just run wild with the imagination a little bit. Let us know what you'd like to see on the big screen or even the small screen next. Let us know over over on the social media channel. Just search for Spark Rebellion and let us know what you'd like to see as the next Star Wars project to hit the screen. And we'll be back next week, of course, with the news, uh, hopefully the review and discussion, and maybe even our random spotlight, depending on how much news there is. Um, But until next time, thank you for joining us. If you do want to get involved on Patreon, go ahead and do so, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion and again as, as, as always just stay safe stay healthy look after yourselves and guys always a pleasure dude i enjoyed this one yeah it's been cool this one dude it's been good chatting about some ideas and stuff uh so as uh mark said uh, take care of yourselves and thank you very much to our current patrons i love you guys hit us up on the socials too until next week for episode 51 please take care of yourselves stay safe and may the force be with you always <laughs>